Hey guys. I think I just got chills watching our new intro video. That was oh, that's right. I forgot to tell you guys I updated the intro video. It was excellent. So here we are on another episode of the Friday Fraudster, except it is Thursday. So we have a couple more announcements to make for you guys today. Today, we're not doing an hour today. We're only doing 30 minutes today, but there's a reason for that because next week we've got something really, 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 really special. <laughs> so you are not going to want to miss next week. Now, as standard for us, as you enter the room, Please drop the emoji into the chat that signifies the mood that you are in right now. Look, guys, here's what that does. We care about you and we just want to make sure you're okay. You let us know you're okay by the emojis that you drop into the room. So, for example, right now, this is my mood. I am in a fairly good mood and there it is. I'm laughing and I'm happy. Now, for some reason today, Joe is dancing. I think Joe is dancing because Joe is going on vacation. Finally. Well, where, where are you going? Anywhere fun? We're just going up into the mountains in Colorado. Up into the mountains. Mountains sound fun. No technology for a couple of days. I'm actually just really looking forward to the break. Ah, now my man Rollis is in here and Rollis is in a very good mood. Now, Kelly, today, Kelly, what is that, Kelly? Is that a dress? No, that's like a mountain on fire. It has been so hot here. We have record-breaking heat. So we're actually going to our cabin to sit on the river to cool down. Oh, okay. Dan must have thought that was kind of funny, too, because Dan is laughing as well. And Alicia is here, and Alicia is smiling with palm trees. Alicia, I think you're in Florida, right? You should be smiling. The weather is real nice there right now. It's not as hot as it is where Kelly is, uh, uh, well, Florida is also humid though. So yeah, no humidity here. No humidity. So, so the heat shouldn't be that bad, is it? No, I've actually seen it on the news. It's pretty bad there for you guys. It's not, we actually have had 65 people that died. I know. I was reading Ooh. that. That is horrible. Do you it think is. Because they're just not, you guys aren't as prepared for this weather change. Yeah. We don't have a lot of air conditioning in older houses, but then we also have, you know, we've got a huge homeless population. And I know where I live in Bend, two homeless people passed from heat. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Yikes. Yeah. Ooh, so I guess, yikes, take care of yourself, Kelly. So again, as everybody is dropping those mood emojis, again, this is my mood. I'm fairly happy today. I'm doing okay. The other announcement we want to make is the Friday Froster. It is a podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcasting platform, except Apple. Yeah, I'm still working on that. You guys know how much I love, hate Apple, right? But you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google uh, Podcasts, on Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, and some other platforms as well. But remember, I told you guys last week, you can now get CPE credit. So if you go to FridayFroster.com, you can get your CPE credit just for watching us. Isn't that exciting? It's very exciting. I love <laughs> it. It's acceptable. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I figure what better way to spend your time 
first you watch and or listen to us and then you go get cpe credit for watching and or listening to us hey and garnell is here again and she is dancing the night away from the bahamas awesome now dan is saying they have the opposite issue oh yeah that's right in february houston did get down to 15 degrees that is kind of unheard of for houston crazy weather in this world all right guys you think that they're ready for the first story bring it this is really an interesting one so i i, I kind of changed the name right at first I, I had it at as holy hacienda and then i figured you know this was truly the hacienda heist so let's talk about it. And if Rollis is still here, Rollis is a healthcare recruiter, so he probably would get a kick out of this story. Hacienda Healthcare is a private nonprofit facility that houses patients whose care is paid for through the state of Arizona's Medicaid program who and whose care is also managed by the Arizona Department of Economic Security. So here's what happened last year in August, a grand jury indicted William Timmons, the CEO, and longtime ha ha Hacienda Healthcare CFO Joseph O'Malley on multiple charges related to bilking the state by orchestrating a complex billing scheme involving a series of connected businesses. Now, you guys know how I feel about people when they say complex billing schemes, but I must admit, this one actually was complex. This one actually was complex. So let's talk about the indictment and what it actually says. It says that it alleges that from 2013 to 2018, Timmons and O'Malley intentionally misallocated funds from the Arizona Department of Economic Security Division's Division of Development Disabilities. Wow, that's a long name, right? Say that three times fast. And they defrauded the state's Medicaid program by manipulating costs to avoid the repayment of funds and they inflated their salaries with that money. So now let's dig a little further. Here's what the true allegation is. According to the indictment, Timmons and O'Malley used separate businesses to sell medical supplies and equipment to Hacienda at inflated cost, sometimes marking it up as much as 12.5%. So for instance, they had one company called South Mountain Health Supply, and it operated under an umbrella of Hacienda. Now, South Mountain would purchase medical supplies from third-party vendors, and then they resold those supplies to Hacienda at the increased cost. Authorities also allege that Timmons double-billed the state by reusing ugh, vials of vaccine, which is against all medical protocols. Uh, and that, that, that um, <laughs> wow. That vaccine was used to prevent RSV, which is a respiratory disease that occurs in infants and children. What do you think, Kelly? What do you think, Joe? Uh, the tone at the top. Oh my God. Oh boy, yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and, not, and not just the fact that this was the CEO and the CFO, but there was one of the articles, I posted all three of them in, our, in the comments, um, I actually think there's one more I'll get out there. Uh, one of them cited the um, nepotism on the board. Yeah. And um, the board chairman who also had um, 
just his own private insurance company that he made the employees use. So, I mean, when we say tone at the top, you mean like this was corrupt from the very tippy top down. And it talks about the poor oversight of the board in other incidents, which I'm not sure if we're going to talk about those, Robert. So I'll let you uh, lead us there if we go there. But, oh, man, this one, this one is, again, sad because it's healthcare. Those ones always hit us, I think, a little bit harder. But, well, also, they said that um, towards the end, he was showing up for work every day driving exotic Alfa Romeo sports car when sports cars, our source said. All that money was just raked off of the state. Ultimately, that equals diminished care. Again, you know what? These are like, what is it, from cradle to grave? You know, you start in diapers, you end in diapers. But at least when you're a baby, your parents are taking care and making sure those diapers are changed regularly. When you have a situation like this, can you imagine being elderly and literally not having your diapers changed because he's driving an Alfa Romeo? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, Joe has said related party vendors, anyone, 100%. But Hal says healthcare fraud really pisses me off. Glad we're doing this on a Thursday so I can have a happy Friday. But to Kelly's point, and Kelly always talks about this, the parking lot audit. Go look at the parking lot and see what kind of cars people are driving. That might let you know that there is some fraud happening. And Hal points out collusion, nepotism, no tone at the top, the trifecta. And my buddy Rollis says, easy money at the moment. It takes the government a long time to catch up. This is very true. So let's dive into this for a minute. You guys, here's what a former employee said. He said, and I'm quoting him. He said, it's about time. He could be just terribly abusive at the drop of a hat. You always felt like you were going to be fired at any moment. For those who had to work under Timmons, they're thankful his past has caught up to him. Here's another quote. We were under his thumb and under that abuse for so many years. We agreed collectively he was probably the most abusive employer that we've ever worked for. That's what another source said. And another one also said there was just a sense of relief, a sense of justice, and we're just happy for the news. So when we talk about culture, which we like to talk about a lot, it was very bad at the top of this organization. But it gets even, even deeper. Timmons, he had worked for Hacienda for 28 years. Now, this was a nonprofit organization. And in 2018, he earned $835,354. But also... His bonus was $100,000 and he received an additional $17,641 in non-taxable benefits. Now, he was paying himself that high salary, obviously, because they were using these shell companies to overinflate the profits and to really dope the state out of a bunch of money. So tone at the top was very true in this organization. Yeah, Kelly brought up, I think, the perfect point. And, you know, to plug the past book club, because you can go and watch it on demand. Think again, Adam Grant, he talks about the last part of the book is all about psychological safety at where you're working and how important that is. Uh, and I just I love that that part of the book. You know, what's interesting? I love Adam Grant. Um, 
is that uh, he said he didn't do his best work until he got tenure. Because again, untenured professors don't have, you know, they've got to get tenure and they don't have the psychological safety until they get tenure. And I loved hearing him on a podcast say that he, he, he wasn't willing to push the envelope until he got tenure. And think of how many people, I mean, most states are at will and most people can't do that. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Adam Grant, he's a rock star. Absolutely. <laughs> so now you guys, Heather says that when her grandmother was in a nursing home, she would have been up in arms if she was mistreated and the staff was not being appropriate. Glad she was in a good home for, for the last years. So that brings us to the next point about this particular nursing home, because this is not their first time getting in trouble. I don't know oh. if you guys remember the story of a woman who was in a coma in a facility and ended up pregnant. That was this facility, this company. Um, so there's a history there of this company not doing the right thing all the way around. But there's something else I want to show you guys, a news story where they interviewed someone who wanted to remain anonymous. But there are some things that she said about just the general security in the facility that struck me as 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 well, odd. So let's take a listen to what she has to say about the security in the facilities. Doing them. The former Hacienda employee is also calling out the facility for being lax in their security. Too many entrances, too many opportunities. Anybody could have come in. I myself have come in the back way. Were these other doors locked? Did you need a key card? Nope. All right. So... Let's just run down the list so far. We know that there was a bad tone at the top. We know that they set up a shell company where they were upcharging so that they could keep money uh, uh, instead of reimbursing the state back. We also know that security was lax in this organization. And we also know that they were a nonprofit. So they may or may not have had a compliance and audit function to provide some of that or, or to help with some of the oversight, but here's the big thing. Even if they had a compliance or audit function, the board was allegedly corrupt as well. So it wouldn't have done any good. I hate that. I hate, I was just going back to my notes about the other stuff about the board. Cause that's what, I don't know why that really struck me on this one, because I, I guess because it's a nonprofit, I feel like the board should be there as a level of protection. Um, and it says that separate investigations by the Arizona Republic found that Timmons had a long history of sexual harassment, bullying complaints that went to the board, but they went unchecked by the board. So that's that's the most discouraging thing about this story to me, because these poor employees didn't they didn't have anywhere to turn. And I think that's why it went on for as long as it did. And they they sadly stayed in this toxic environment. So I think Kelly needs to talk to everybody about that FU fund again, uh, because I mean, we've got to get, I know, I feel the same way as Rollis did. How did they stay working there? I, I am shocked. I'm sure they were threatened. Like if they did leave, they probably said, well, we're going to give you a terrible review or, you know, and it's, you know, maybe a small town environment. I mean, not, you know, obviously, but um, it's just why the state didn't come in 
after the rape and the other stuff and just fire them all shut it down shut it down that's what i thought too yeah 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 i know agree and i agree poor hal we're really making hal mad today uh but this one this one is just kind of sad all around and it i think it's eye opening that we're talking about this because again i mean they, these are places where you think that safety is inherent, but I think there's just, there is so many, too many stories out there about nursing homes. So I agree with what Dan said. You've got to take charge. I mean, I talk about taking charge of your health, take care, take charge of your parents' uh, yeah. welfare, grandparents' welfare as well. So so let, let's let's go back because we just kind of recapped a lot of the things. There's one thing that, that we just kind of missed and glazed over. Back in the beginning when I said that they were cheating uh, uh, the government out of funds because of the, the the drugs that they were dispensing. So what they essentially were doing is, so this is how it works. When you are in the hospital and you get some drugs, say if you have a drug that's like, you need five cc's of a drug, but it only comes in a 10 cc container. You get the full 10 cc container and you are charged and billed for the full 10 cc's. They may only administer five to you, but the rest of that is supposed to be thrown out. What they were doing is they were actually mixing the drugs together. So they would only charge, for, they would only, well, they would charge the state for multiple vials when they only used one. They were supposed to use two. So if they gave me some drugs, they were supposed to throw out the rest, open up a fresh one so that there was no cross-contamination. So essentially, they were putting their patient, patients' lives in jeopardy by using the drug, the same drug, more than once. One drug, one patient. I don't care how much is in there, you throw out the rest. When I was director of audit in healthcare, that was one thing that we would always check for. You can, you, you can easily look in your drug dispensing system to see if nurses are adequately dispensing drugs. So they were making money while putting patients' lives in danger by cross-contamination. That's another thing that I think most news stories kind of glossed over because they just have one line saying, well, they built the state out of funds by, and I'm like, no, do you understand the seriousness of this? It wasn't just that they used the same drug on multiple patients. Now you have cross-contamination issues. You have issues with needles potentially being infected. So, wow, this organization from the top down was just really upset and Hal is putting in his mad emoji. Yeah, I think, um, you know, someone, I think someone asked, how would it not be clear when people visited that this wasn't up to par? I think the sad piece of this story to me is these are a lot of times, these are people who don't have families to take care of them. These are, I think it's, it's good to just note that this is a, this is a, kind of, I don't know, in my mind, more like a hospice. These were, are people that like literally are either in a vegetative state or, you know, have very serious conditions. This isn't like your normal everyday senior living nursing home. These are people who needed that extra level of care, which makes it even worse to some degree. But I think why this went unchecked was because I bet the people took advantage of the fact that there weren't a lot of families visiting. I think these were kind of some sad cases of people left behind. I mean, this is a Medicare facility. Um, you know, it's a it's a government essentially run facility for those who don't have families to take care of them. And so I bet that's why it did go on. That's just my gut from what I've read about it. 
Yeah, because somebody oh. asked. Oh, oh, go ahead, uh, Kelly. Okay, so I finally, you guys who've been on this have heard my whole son's thing. I finally got the full bill. Like they sent me an itemized one. And I'm like, hmm, two bags of fluid. How can I prove that he got two bags of fluid? Like he doesn't know. And it's $146 for each bag. Now my insurance is paying for it, but like, how do you know that he actually got two bags of fluid? And a bag of fluid is, 146 bucks like that's some expensive tequila man well this is why insurance fraud's so common right and you know if we could just get a little extra why wouldn't we say two bags instead of one i don't mm -hmm. it just it's that sadly is that part of the business model i i don't know yeah and heather says people need to research the local nursing homes and be active now, Rollis is saying we're making some good points, but a part of it is that it takes too long to snuff them out. Got to run. See you later, Rollis. Uh, Bonita is upset. Don't be upset, Bonita. We, we, we've got book club right after this. Um, now, Hal says an eye for an eye. The CEO and CFO should be locked up and not provided any care. Ooh, well, we're going to talk about what's happening to them. But before we get there, let's go back to the culture for just one minute. One newspaper said that uh, they found widespread self-dealing and nepotism by the board members who were doing direct business with Hacienda. And Joel Kelly one just mentioned this one. That included the board chairman, Tom, Tom Pomero, who for decades brokered health insurance for roughly 800 Hacienda employees through his private company. He later resigned from the board. Now, another former employee said that it's about time. Oh, never mind. I already read that one about him being terribly abusive. Um, so, yeah, so there was nepotism and there were uh, dealings with related parties, related companies. And again, this was a nonprofit organization, but this nonprofit organization raked in millions of dollars per year. Well, you know, this is another thing. And like, you know, my whole honest people steal it's one thing if you're a low-level employee and you're stealing because your kid is sick, your parent is sick, but when you're stealing for a freaking Alfa Romeo, I, I, just like, how do you look at yourself in the mirror? Yeah. Like, and what what money is enough? Like, obviously he could have, he probably wanted to steal even more. I, I just, mm -hmm. it is, and you know, again, according to ACF, ACFE, the higher you are, the less sort of, you know, they don't punish you. Whereas the, you know, the nurse who booked an extra hour of overtime, they get her prosecuted. I just, oh, how these people need to run for it. <laughs> You're always making us laugh, Hal. Hal, next week, we need you. Yeah, Hal, you're gonna have to take my place next week to talk about your favorite story. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, you guys, it gets even better. Somebody asked earlier, um, was there a whistleblower? I'm pretty certain there was not a whistleblower, given the environment that we just discussed. But here's what happened. Um, Timmons resigned. And shortly after Timmons resigned, O'Malley was in a board meeting 
and he came clean to the fraud in the board meeting. He reportedly told the board of directors that cost had not been allocated correctly. Now, that's a direct quote over the course of the Medicaid contract with the state and that he and Timmons were aware of the fraud. So he went to the board in March of 2019. And that's what happened. What caused him? There had to have been something. That's what I was wondering and trying to find, and I just could not find it. One resigns and then the other confesses. My guess is maybe someone reported them to the state Medicaid office. Or threatened enough to where they thought that they better just, I don't know. I don't know what's in your mind if you think you're going to resign and get away with it, but. And you know what, the, with technology, maybe someone had them on tape or something like that and threatened to expose them. And, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness. Um, so I, I'm thinking that someone had something and they had no choice because it's been going on for a long time. Well, and, and here's the thing. They, they're saying that they um, milked the state out of at least, at least is what the article says, a few of the articles. $10.9 million over five years from 2013 until 2018. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It, it's, a, it's another sad case of where that money should have gone, right? I think these, we've done a couple of these where, you know, it should be helping and it, it, it's not, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think when you look at this one, what really upsets me about this one is all the way around this was bad so and and not that i'm saying that some fraud is okay here's what i'm saying if they had defrauded the government by using this shell company to upcharge but you still had quality patient care my goodness at least the patients would not have been harmed but you had them mixing drugs you had a woman who was in a vegetative state who ended up getting pregnant. And this interview that I only showed you guys a part of, this, this whistleblower here, I guess she wasn't a whistleblower because it was after the fact, but this woman was saying that even if you looked at the nursing practices, they weren't doing things as simple as having nightly bed checks. They weren't weighing the patients and marking down the weights because with this woman who ended up pregnant, you would have seen that there was a weight gain that was unusual for someone who was in a vegetative state. And then that's when she also said that the security was lax. So anyone could have come in. Um, Cause I remember when this case was taking place, they were talking about security cameras and how they may or may not have been working in the facility as well. I think they eventually caught the person, I believe if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, a nurse, but, a nurse yeah. in the facility. So if that tells you anything about the type of employees that they might've been attracting, Right. Would do such a horrific thing. You know, it, it toned all around. Care facility in Phoenix, a woman in a vegetative state. Yeah. Yeah. All the way around, this was just a, a, a poorly run, run business. And um, so the, the state is also getting sued $45 million for yep. the pregnancy. So it's just, you know, again, more and more money down the drain. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the state, that one's a weird one. Um, Cause I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how do you blame the state, but here's what happened with Timmons. Cause I think the O'Malley case is still pending. Timmons was ordered to pay $775 million in restitution as a part of a plea agreement. And uh, so part of that 500,000 goes to the Arizona healthcare cost containment system and 274,000 is going to the attorney general's anti-racketeering revolving fund. You said 775 million. I got really excited there. (laughs) Oh yeah. I meant thousand. I'm so sorry. Yes. Wouldn't that be a great world? That would just, you know, that might actually stop people. Well, that would actually stop people having severe sentences. Well, that's it, just it. You know, I've, I've all week have been posting about, you know, Jewel getting fined and Robin Hood got fined again. And, you know, it's, it's small wins for ethics when companies are fined, but often and sadly, it doesn't change the behavior. So when is this sentence going to change the behavior at some of these companies? That's my question. Maybe that's my question of the day. Um, but I think I know we're, we were going to end this in 30 minutes. Like the, my final word on this would be, you know, it is like, I know that say something, see, see something, say something. I mean, we, we talk about it. We, I just, I hope that anybody working there that was uncomfortable would never do this again, that they would choose to speak up. And I mean, tell it whistleblowers are heroes. And I hope that. I don't know. I just I hope that if nothing else good comes out of this, that people would never let themselves be in those situations again. Speak up. Say something. Well, and Hal says, although not well done or done frequently enough, wasn't the facility was the facility ever audited? Not sure if they were because they were a nonprofit and the state would have only been looking at the billing aspect. Are we being billed appropriately for Medicaid? I don't think the state would have looked at operations. So from what I could tell, I tried to see if they had an audit function. And from what I can tell, I don't think they had one. So that's sad. And then Hal brings up another good point. The restitution doesn't help the folks that suffered in this facility. And really, though, the restitution, I'm not sure if it helps anyone other than the state, because, again, 500 million of uh, 500,000 of it, sorry, is going to the Arizona healthcare cost containment system. So that's reimbursing the state for money that it lost. People who have pain and suffering, uh, they get nothing. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Really sad. All right, guys. So that is our story for the week. Kelly, Joe, any parting words? Have a safe 4th of July and think about how it was a year ago compared to now. Yeah, yeah. and I I just wanted to uh, uh, reiterate, I'm praying for everybody in Florida in the building collapse. I've got a dear friend from college whose aunt and uncle are missing. And it's just, it's been on my mind a lot. And I'm sure it's been on anybody's mind that whether you're in that area or not obviously it's been in the news a lot so i just want to send my prayers into the universe for anybody impacted by that so absolutely dan says happy fourth of july the last thing i will say is www.fridayfroster.com go get your cpe credits (laughs) all right 
See you guys next week with hopefully special guest Hal.